If you wanted to learn about the rental market and how it intersects with the buyer-seller market for residential real estate, you need to watch this because today I have a great pod for you. Our unreal stat of the day is in July, there were more housing permits issued in the Dallas metro area, which has about seven-ish million people, than the entire state of California, which has close to 40 million people. <laughs> that's just, that is crazy, but that's a real stat. Uh, I, w- I want to, and, and all of that, of course, uh, ultimately flows down into the both the renter market and the buy-sell market. Um, so today, I'm um, happy to introduce you to my longtime friend, John Njaku. He is the founder of RentHub.com. Uh, welcome to the show. Thank you I so know, much for having me. Appreciate you. No, you're welcome. You're welcome. Uh, I know what RentHub is, obviously, but please tell our audience. Yeah, Um Thanks for having me. I, I actually, before I get into Rent Hub, I have Plant Envy because Kyle has that uh, pretty slick. Uh, <laughs> you know, he claims it's real, but maybe it's probably fake, but who knows? It looks great. That's all that matters. It's um, real. I don't know, dude. I don't know, man. Um, <laughs> and I named we'll her. Don't talk about Mel like that. That's Mel. It, 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 it's got to turn brown in a couple of episodes. That's how we'll know for sure. Um, <laughs> so my name is John. I'm the founder of Rent Hub and Rent Hub. At RentHub, you know, we're really trying to survey and understand uh, rental housing markets. We do this in a very unique way. We're compiling this giant rental market data set. Um, we use what's called alternative data. So through different feeds or through our own methods, we're gathering data constantly from different corners, mostly on publicly available sources of the internet. And we take all that data and we make sense of it, parse it, normalize it. And then we're able to give people, you know, really cool metrics and benchmarks and KPIs and insights on the rental markets, such as, you know, what this neighborhood or this this zip code or this area is charging for rent, maybe what it did, you know, last year as well, maybe how it's trending. Um, And, you know, there's so many different use cases when you have all this data in a certain way. Um, You know, if you're a big landlord, you can start to track what your competitors are doing. If you're looking to rent in an area, you can say, hey, does this match my thesis or not? Um, and then just generally, I mean, I think rents are an important metric like stock prices or the weather. You should just kind of know sure. what's going on in your specific area. Um, so that's Rent Hub in a, in a nutshell. We're studying rents. Awesome. Thank you for that. So let's talk about this unreal stat. Um more yeah. homes, and I, and this is something that you and I and I have other friends that we we sort of joke about and argue about all the time. This, uh, the, first of all, this general idea of California versus Texas, right? Yes. Uh, yeah. And then in general, uh, let's talk about this stat though. So Dallas is able to, and I'm going to assume because they've got much looser restrictions, et cetera, they're able there to get go. all these yeah. permits, right? Uh, versus yeah. like the whole state of California can't muster. Uh, the, to match just Dallas. Um, so, right. so what do you think that, what, what, so what's up with that? What's going on? You know, it's, it's interesting. I mean, and I haven't fully fleshed this out. I do, you know, talking about it with some friends and just thinking about it independently, some quick desk research. I think there's like two things. One, um, you know, we, we just haven't quite built, uh, you know, since 2008, 2007, the United States has not built many homes compared to what it was doing and actually, what it's built is lagging household formation. So there's a little bit of a dearth yeah. or glut, um, you know, lack of, of of housing supply. And I think that you have certain areas of the country that 
you know, can magnify the, those basic trends. So Cali is one of yep. them, right? And you have, um, maybe it's because there's not a lot of property tax income to be derived from housing, but you have NIMBYs and YIMBYs, and then you have cumbersome entitlement, pro, um, you know, processes all across the state. But the reason why this is fascinating for rentals, and I think just salient generally, is that when you look at, you know, the top 10 rental markets in the country, you're going to have about half of them be in California. You're going to have the San Francisco oh, wow. Bay Area. Okay. You're going to have LA. You're going to have San Diego. You even have like Riverside, San Bernardino, that area. So it's really, and then Sacramento's Wait, going to creep in me, there sometimes as well. Let me interrupt you there. When you say top sure. 10 market, top 10 by yeah. price, by volume, by what? What do you, how are you defining top 10? Good question. And it's just really simple. You know, it's one example of a metric. It's uh, median rent price. And it's just okay. on how high it is, the priciest markets around the country. Yes. And and it can be a little bit, that stat can be a little bit, you know, I don't know whether it's misleading or just imperfect because you're going to combine, you know, three bedroom or single family houses with like studios. So then there's sure. certain areas with a lot of studios and, you know, maybe those are expensive, but you're going to combine it all. And that's how you're going to get that basic top 10 market metric. Okay. Got you. So your take in general, uh, if I want to boil it down, is that. Look, um, California, for a, no, for a host of factors, is not building in, in much of the country, but we're kind of yeah. focusing on California for this uh, part of the conversation, is not building enough homes to keep up with demand. And therefore, that's pushing demand up so, so far that five of the 10 high, most expensive places to rent are in that state. Absolutely. Um, I, yeah. I, yeah. So, so the, the, the unreal side of the day is connected directly to rentals. And so I think there's this narrative right now in the market, especially in light of, you know, interest rates, which we'll get to at some point and just kind of this post pandemic or even, you know, current pandemic thing that rentals are ripping across the country. And it's kind of this weird thing, but the rents are ripping and they're ripping in, you know, obviously in the coastal markets, a lot of, a lot of California, um, and then obviously, you know, New York's gone bonkers um, since hmm. since the pandemic. Um, Boston's always up there, although it's a smaller market. So you have some of these coastal markets, but then you also have these fascinating work from home destinations that are coming up. Um, oh, Zoom you know, Austin's kind of Zoom towns, baby. Yeah, mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. you know, uh, Austin and and even Huntsville, Alabama, Alabama of all places. You know, Phoenix, of course, that's been there for a little bit. But sure. um, you have these interesting pockets where um, obviously the narrative nationally is that rents are going crazy. But um, you definitely have these markets where things are a lot more exacerbated than than we think. And I think that it's just fascinating when you think about rents, then you think about what's going on on the for sale side of the market um, right now with the home prices going crazy until maybe recently. You know, then does that pretend that rents are going to continue to crank? Um, can they continue to crank? I mean, w what's going to happen? So these are all the things that I'm trying to think about a lot um, as we're moving into the last quarter of the year and into next year. That, no, that's actually a really good segue to my, my next question. So uh, the big homie, actually, he, we, he's the biggest homie at this point. Jay Powell just JP. raised rates again. Uh, <laughs> our, our, our good guy, JP. And he's. I think if you, if you read what he's saying, uh, I think everybody actually should actually go and watch that uh, I don't know what you call it, press conference, whatever it is. Which one, uh, the Jackson Hole one? No, no, no. The so that one for sure. Uh, yeah. But the FOMC meeting uh, from yesterday as well. Uh, 
you should oh, right you, should, on, you right can on. you can listen to it for like I don't know it's an hour or whatever it is but he he he's basically putting on he's doing his best Paul Volcker uh, yeah. <laughs> impression and he, yeah. he seems to be not only just raising rates but um, really signaling to me that it seems like he wants to keep them up there for some time right um, yeah so home ownership has all of a sudden gotten even more so besides the price so people aren't building enough homes uh, there's that leads to sort of an inventory uh, problem. Right. Yep. Um, and then uh, rates are now up significantly. Uh, I think a little bit more than double what they were earlier in the year. Yes. Um, some people are deciding they're going to maybe stay renting longer. Some people were maybe going to buy, but um, you know they're giving up uh, the idea of ownership altogether. Yeah. Um, what I guess my my first question um, for for this I know it's, there's a lot a lot of moving parts, but what what are you simply like simply what are you seeing um, in your rental numbers? Uh, are you seeing I guess like you like you're kind of touching on before more demand going to the rental side um, and therefore pushing rental numbers up? Or if because you know people are having a hard time with inflation, uh, are people are some cities starting to push those rental uh, prices down? Like what 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 is happening in the rental market? It's really bonkers right now. So I'm seeing up and to the right, and it, it seems like it's. Yeah, for everything. Um, you know, now one caveat is that there is, you know, now you're seeing some seasonality. So quote unquote leasing season for markets with seasons has is upon us, right? So it's sorry, is over. So March to September in like Chicago. So no one's you know, not as many people are gonna be trying to lease or rent apartments right. in November in Chicago. Um, but in Miami, um, you know, and, and then it, it that also rhymes with the academic calendar too. Um, so things are definitely chilling out, but, you know, for most part, a lot of the country has, you know, positive year on year growth around rental markets in pretty substantial ways. And, and this gets back to like, I think during the pandemic, um, we have, a, we have a pal that moved to New York during the pandemic, got a great right. deal there. And then after his year was out, you know, the landlords yeah. and, and everyone, when the city was, the light switch was flipped back on the city, rents went up like crazy. I have a buddy that moved to Miami. Um, you know, light switch split. Well, Miami never went out, but a year sure. later, after people started to get hip to whatever was going on, you know, rents went nuts. And and frankly, I think a lot of people wanted Miami became very attractive to people. Um, just like New York's attractive to people now. Again, um, you know, if I'm going to be working from home, I just need to be in a pretty vibrant space. So yeah, remember it, it remember New York was dead. Do you remember that whole bit? Dead. Yeah, I was yeah, I was yeah. laughing. I remember oh, New York will never return. And I think it was Seinfeld that had you know wrote maybe an op-ed for New York Times or somewhere that was like, you have to understand, New York will never quote unquote die. It's still New right, York, right? right? Like all the things <laughs> that were exciting about New York after yep. the pandemic are exciting again, and therefore yes. it's you know has this mad rush. Uh, but yeah, no, it's it's it was, that always made me laugh out loud after living in New York. Yeah. I can tell you it's not going anywhere, right? Not going anywhere. But, you, you know, you had there were a couple other things that, that happened. I think during the pandemic, like if you lived in, in New York, um, you know, you, you became obsessed with getting space and getting out of elevators. Like during yes, the, um, that's real. You know, and so, you know, shoot, rates were like two more. You can get mortgage rates super yeah. low. So, so people started saying, oh, I'm going to go to Austin. And West, or even Westchester or Long Island, they were going yeah. just slightly yep. outside of That's right. the city and getting great green grass and space in a pool yep. and, you know, all those things. And um, then when we, the pandemic, we've definitely seen that. 
Yeah, and then when 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 I guess people were like all clear and people started moving back, you also had a new generation of renter that was coming into the city as well, like people mm-hmm. you know graduating from college and whatnot. So yes. th- that's a dynamic that I think often gets missed in this housing dialogue, which is that you know household formation is real, or like the growth or the transition of buyers, the progression of buyers or renters. You know, renters turn into buyers in normal yep. markets or they have families yep, yep. in space and stuff like that. So gets left out. Yeah. Okay. So I want to switch gears just for a moment. Um, I think this is interesting, but both you and I are, I think are unique in prop tech and that we, we have uh, clients, customers that are both consumers um, yep. that are our end user and also institutions. And so institutions yes. for us have typically been uh, private equity, asset managers, um, uh, REITs, uh, yes. what, what we generally call REOs. So these yes. are large institutions that buy and sell residential property for profit. Uh, and in the last probably five years, we've seen just an explosion of that activity. Um, yep. The Blackstones of the world or uh, that company they spun off. I'm forgetting the name right now. But uh, these are really big institutions, right? Um, what sort of activity have you seen uh, with with that group in the sort of buy rent sphere, it's it's been crazy. It's been similar, um, and I think you you you've helped me both understand the space better. And actually, thank you for introducing me to some folks. So, oh, my pleasure. You know, my pleasure. The, the whole the whole space and the SFR or single family uh, rental in space or build to rent BTR space has just gone bonkers. And now, you know, I would say that either companies that cater to that market or um, operators that are actually existing in that market are um, a good line share of the clientele we have. Simply, oh no, kidding. They, okay. you know, a lot of the data and vendor and software product types were built for multifamily or commercial, but with the rise of this new asset class, you don't have a lot of things catering. And so a lot of these folks have built stuff themselves. But when you have vendors like you or me that can actually cater to them, it becomes really interesting straight away. So, you know, people for on our case, you know, I think there's really two use cases. One is, you know, they're just buying the data generally. Um, they're hmm. conducting their own analysis with it. Uh, they're using it for comps in their websites. They're using it to actually build out valuation models. Um, you know, what should the rent be for this new asset based off of data that we can feed them? Um, you know, mm-hmm. maybe they're building visualizations with the data. So but in large part, a lot of these groups come to us just for data. But um, I, I read a stat the other day. I mean, maybe this could have been an unreal stat or maybe, um, what was it like $15 billion has come into single family for rent since the pandemic. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's just- That sounds low, actually. For, sounds low. Since the pandemic, yeah. though? 2020, I mean, could be, um, mm-hmm. you know, uh, thirst for yield. People want yield. And and now that people I figure out how to do the asset class. So uh, it's funny. You can lever that number, right? So maybe yep, it's not low. Can. Maybe right. it's 15 right. equity and then, right? So that's right. Uh, the, the debt on top of that becomes a big number. Uh, but it's a $2 that's trillion right. dollar, you know, annual market. So that's why I said it's, it feels it feels low to me. But it no, it's, regardless, yeah. it's a massive number. Now, as a consumer, you've got to compete against you know, Wall Street uh, buying a home, yes. it's tough. It also, to me, highlights something that is sort of um, like the intrinsic value of home ownership. If you didn't believe in it before, mm. when the quote unquote smartest people in the room are 
beating you over the head and stealing, you know, coming in and buying the home instead of you, that should yep. convince you more the value of actually owning the property yourself. Um, and so it's, it's, it's funny. And I, I'm seeing a lot of, and I want to get your take on this. Uh, I, I've loved um, like Earn Your Leisure uh, and some of these other sort of podcasts and, and yes. sort of TikTok influencers that are really heavy into uh, ownership models, real estate, et cetera. And there's almost like, like I, I know when I'm, when I'm on TikTok, I, my TikTok is like almost like renter TikTok. It's like, it's like SFR TikTok or something. Like a lot of real estate professionals that are like, I'm doing like one guy is doing uh section eight. All he does is section eight. And so he's like showing you, I, I've got this yacht. I just bought how to buy this yacht. Oh, God. Section eight home. You know, it's so like, there's like this whole like influence thing. So I'm wondering like, what are you seeing in that space? Uh, Grant, Grant Cardone's another guy, right? He's really heavy sure. on um, b- building up, uh, almost selling a awareness of the rental market, uh, multifamily, yeah. owning to rent. Like what? What have you? What have you seen? How How is that affecting your business? Uh, what What are you seeing? On yeah, that? you know, I, I think that there's a couple. You know, the trend of you know, the Wall Streetification or institutionalization of like the mom and pop space, uh, single family friends. So people keep saying like, oh, it's 90, uh, they're buying up all the homes. And yeah. I think they're now buying a lot of homes. But, you know, I think the overall percentage is still under 5%, something oh, like yeah, that. Oh, yeah, it's still like it's something small. ridiculous. I mean, it, it impacts, so it's, mm-hmm. The impact's crazy. Um, and so, so that's the first thing I think to consider but it's fascinating that you're talking a lot about ownership because I still think, and I read this piece yesterday, man, I didn't forward it to you, but I'm sure you saw it. Um, NFX, Pete Flint, truly a co-founder, um, talking about real estate 3.0 and prop tech. And 3.0, he's describing as, um, you know, if 1.0 was just information and 2.0 was kind of the transaction, 3.0 is um, ownership. And the question is, like, do we need to own homes the way we used to, right? So right now, um, my wife and I are, are, you know, living, doing the monthly Airbnb, that digital nomad life. It's kind of nice to just not worry about anything. It's definitely a little yep. bit pricier than actually having either a rent or, or a note. But there's a lot of value in that kind of serendipity to pick the next spot. And yep. I think that, you know, this generation that's younger than us, I don't know that ownership is going to be drilled into them in the same way. And I think that that's what some of is behind what Pete Flynn was saying. I think he's saying like, look, we got crypto now, which can help track ownership better. Mm-hmm. You have, mm-hmm. you can fractionalize assets. Um, if you look at, you know, Picasso, um, the vacation rental, uh, it's really just a modern timeshare, but do you yep. really need to, to own your own home in Maui or do you just want access to it? So I think that that's really fascinating, is, to like access versus yes. ownership, which is, I think, where we're really headed. I don't know if we need to own it. I, so I wouldn't disagree. Uh, you know, I think it's so funny, like, especially when you start talking about, like, on the Internet, how people, I think people often look at everything black and white. It's a winner, yeah, there's a loser. Exactly. It's owning right. or not owning. There's right. So, like, this idea that, wait, maybe there's something in between there and there's a fraction, right? And I think that's where I, I keep ending up. Um, I fundamentally believe one of the greatest ways to um, grow wealth, um, you know, et cetera, is through ownership. Uh, sure. Like, 
full stop. Owning assets, so absolutely. You, you, you own Tried assets, then you can decide what you want to do. If you want to uh, sell a fraction of it as a token, sure. uh, some sort of Tried, coin, yeah. do you want to rent it out? Do you want to make it an Airbnb? Like, but but mm-hmm. you become the decider if you own the asset, right? Yeah. Um, and the the more you own of it, the better. So most people don't own the whole thing, right? You have a, a mortgage, right? So um, you want to get a HELA, a home equity loan. You want to, um, right? There are all these joyster. things, 100%. right? Um, yeah. That optionality grows the more you own the asset. I think that um, prices have gone, inflation for homing, for that. Ah, real estate inflation is crazy, right? So when our sure. parents could buy a home for, say, $50,000, yes. uh, that, that day, in, especially in, around big metro areas, is done, right? It's so yeah. um, people start thinking, well, I can't buy, therefore, I just want the experience of living XYZ place, so I'll rent. And so it's almost like you don't have a choice, but to sort of pivot your, your personal, depending on, you know, if you're not a wealthy person, uh, you don't have, you come from a wealthy family that can give you that down payment. Like, yeah. It really does start to restrict what you can do. Um, and so I think some of this is, uh, what, what, what uh, Pete is saying is it's some, somewhat inevitable because of some of the sure, macro trends. Right uh, but I'm a very big proponent, as you know, of home ownership. I think uh, that's where you it's know, it, it, You know, what you just said about parents or someone gifting the down payment because it's gotten so ridiculous, um, yeah. especially with all the home price appreciation that we've seen. Um, you know, there's startups filling that void, right? Like Divi, yep. for example. Um, you know, you, you just basically become another fintech play. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And, and I think mm-hmm. that's fascinating. Um, you would ask, uh, you know, what am I seeing on the rental side? I, yeah. I thought about that as I was talking. I think what's interesting now is like, just think about like 10 years ago or longer than that. Like, you know, when we were maybe in college, geez, we're old. Um, and what you saw, you know, the only people that there was very mom and pop, how could you rent your house? You, you, you put up a classified ad, you put yeah. up a sign on the lamppost, you put something in the coffee shop. Now it's pretty easy to rent a house. Um, mm-hmm. you can, and, and, you know, Airbnb, you can rent, you know, your attic, you can rent your coach house. And I think you just have more people coming into more supply coming into the rental space. And therefore it's an easier thing for people to do. Um, so I think you just have like a growth of, of the asset class, um, in general. And I think we're seeing some of that. And I think that supply is going to, and demand, they're going to kind of teeter and, you know, find the optimal place is going to be, is going to continue to be a roving circle. But I think that that's a lot of what we're seeing too. It's just really a little bit of a disruption into the whole rental space. You got Airbnbs, you got SFRs, you have conventional, um, you have yeah. new multifamilies. Um, you know, think, Last thing I'll say on this is remember when the only way you could rent a home was for a year at a time for whatever reason, right? It was just 12 month lease. Yep. Now you can go in and into a building and you're like, Hey man, I got three months and I'm like, got you. Um, yeah. you know, that, that wasn't always the case. No, there's, you're right. There's real sort of, uh, optionality around the market. Yes. Uh, I, th- I think it's interesting you brought up, um, how, uh, different new companies are innovating and filling the void in different, different places around. I, I still think that, we have just we're seeing the tip of the iceberg on that. We've yes, we're just scratched the surface. Like it's such real estate uh, and real estate tech lags the overall market. We're so far behind when it comes to technology. So of we're course. going to continue to see, I think, a ton of innovation. Um, Definitely, and that, and that, that one's cool. Like because the average person, you know, certainly where where I'm from, you you can't call your your parents and say, oh yeah, you got you know 
100 k <laughs> to throw down against my because how yeah. houses now average around four hundred thousand uh, dollars. So so there needs to be some sort of fix for that, and uh, sure. I, I love that that somebody. It's not what we're doing. Uh, we we save the user by cutting the commissions and fees. So there's huge yes. savings there, but. Right. Um, maybe a combination of the two, all of a sudden, like uh, it becomes a lot more affordable um, exactly. for, for the average person. Um, okay. So anything else that, you know, I guess a couple things. One, I would love to understand you, you, you did a, you did a, a summary on, on Rent Hub. Yeah. What, you know, you're, li- you're just like, you know, I'm living this, uh, it's my baby. I, I love on real estate. Uh, I feel like we add this really great value. For for Rent Hub, what makes you all great? Why why am I um, choosing you to to help me on my whatever my mission is? Glad you asked. Um, no, uh, <laughs> it, it's 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 really interesting. I think it's important to take a step back to see what we're really doing at Rent Hub. Um, I think that there's a really simple um, maxim to remember, and it's that on the for sale side of real estate. Uh, you know, buy sell transactions are publicly recorded at the city or county or municipal level. And so therefore there is a public repository of data and, and ownership and a trove of information available. And, and actually this is what Pete Flint was referring to as real estate 1.0. When Zillow and Trulia came out, they took that information, made it public, and it kind of democratized the whole process. On the rental side, that dynamic is not there. Essentially, what I pay for rent, what you pay for rent, these are private contracts between ourselves and our landlords, and that's about it. So when you know so much of the economy, um, every real estate decision, so many other types of decisions outside of real estate are based on rents and kind of what people pay for housing, um, you know, the, the, the underpinning of Rent Hub is the ability to give people some sort of understanding of this. This wasn't possible years ago when a lot of the rental markets were offline. Okay. But now with the internet, a lot of this information is somewhere publicly available. And it's our job, you know, whether it's through some web scraping or through some other feeds to put all that data in one place and help people understand it better. So, you know, Zillow and Redfin and, and, and Zumper have great, great and, and uh, very marketable summaries of markets, but understand that their summaries are just from their own data sets. And what we do is we take the publicly available kind of a clip of, of Zillow, Zumper, all that stuff, and we're almost like a super layer over that. Our job is to conduct research on these markets and pull all the information together to give people the real picture on what's going on in rental markets. It's funny you, you, you keep mentioning Zillow and Trulia and you don't mention Unreal Estate because that's really messed up. <laughs> <laughs> Unless, unless you you were you were uh, around in '03. Um, <laughs> all right, all right, I'll give it to you. But the future is on real estate, and and you know, look, like they're the old guards. Like innovation is kind of capped and trapped with those. And and again, that's why their principles have moved on to other things. But on real estate is definitely taking some of the foundation that they set rightfully, and you know, moving and evolving onto the future, which Thank you. we're all really excited about. Thank you. Um, okay. I'm cutting, I'm cutting that part <laughs> out, but I, I was just talk, talking trash to you. Okay. So um, oh, let me do a quick recap. So, you know, we talked about yeah. this, this really weird uh, situation where, D- you know, Dallas is getting more housing permits than the whole state of California and how that's flowing into a lack of inventory 
pushing prices up, uh, yep. not only for homes um, that people want to buy, but also for rentals. And what you've seen is uh, everything sort of up and to the right uh, coming out of the pandemic, yep. uh, and especially in these, these metro areas and uh, really popular places like California and New York, uh, where renting a place uh, has not gotten any cheaper and it continues to get more and more yep. expensive. We also talked about um, sort of the the migration from web 1.0 to to where we are today where at first it was simply showing um some of the data that was out there now we can do a lot more interesting things and um really kind of uh, provide more optionality um, more opportunities for people that are buying selling renting maybe going nomad uh like like you've done with um, right. with, with your wife so uh we, we covered that as well um now is the time that is one of my favorites. First of all, I want to thank you for, for joining. Uh, you will be receiving a gift. All of our guests get a gift, and so look out for that in the mail. Oh, wow. Uh, and now right. is the time for sneaker check, fit check, whatever you want to call it. Uh, I'll go <laughs> first. I'll go first because we are a, a company that takes our sneakers seriously. Today, yeah. I am rocking <laughs> some APLs. These are super comfortable. I'm hitting the gym today, and I can transition. I can wear these with the, with the regular fit. I can throw on my gym, you know, fit. I can do that. Send uh, some the APL. These are, by the way, this company is the one of the only companies been banned from the NBA. They made these high tops that make you jump higher. Hold on. Let me let me yeah. stop you there. What are APLs? Uh, I think it's like Athletic Propulsion Laboratory or something like that. I see. Yeah, they made these. They made these. So I thought that was really funny. But I tried on the shoes. I'm like, actually, they're pretty comfortable to work out in. Not, not the, not the jumping are they ones. Like a, are they a prosthetic? Like, no. how are they? They're cheating. That's why they're not allowed to be. Okay, they have this like <laughs> thing in the sole that actually like provides some additional kinetic energy when you when you jump. Huh. Right. I know. You know. I've seen you play. You might. You might could use these. You might want to. You know, load up the old. You know. Just, just letting you know. I need all the help I can get. <laughs> okay, so, so what you got? Well, look, man. Here's the deal. I'm going to preface this. I like the preface thing. Okay. I'm first-generation American. My parents are African, so I'm very culturally African, and we don't do shoes. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so um, <laughs> you feel me? So, you know, I'm I, got, worried. I got some socks. Oh, here. you went with the socks. You know, okay. No, no. I got some socks, man. I don't know how people wear shoes inside. Your feet get all hot. Yeah. You know, yeah. I grew up, you take your shoes off at the door and your feet can breathe and then you keep the house clean. That's what we do. Okay. <laughs> respect. Respect. I, look, I just found out I'm like 35% Nigerian. So, uh, hey, welcome. Thank you. Welcome. Thank you. I'm going to, maybe I'll, I'll kick these off at some point. <laughs> You wonder why your feet get all hot, and you're like, "What am I doing? Am I, doing I don't need wrong? to jump high inside the office." <laughs> That's a good point. <laughs> leave them, leave them <laughs> All right, man. Uh, thank you so much for joining today. Uh, it's been a pleasure. This is a blast. Uh, hope to have you on again, um, and then we'll, we'll yeah, man. We'll be in touch. There, there are always some stats to this to dissect, so I'm happy to do that. And thank you so much for having me on here. Don't kill that plant. I won't, man. Mel's gonna make it. She'll be all right. <laughs> all right. We'll chat later. Maybe Thank you'll you. never die because it's fake. Oh, wait. Th all right. Later, Stop guys. That. All right. Later. Right.